Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, say Engaged in the political process. Honest. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. Compassion. The church needs to rise. Rise. The Monica Matthews Show. Show. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Monday to you. Oh my goodness. We are that much closer to November 3rd, 2020. Are you guys ready? Had a lot of you reaching out asking what I think about Georgia becoming. Oh, a battleground state. Yes or no, is that true? Since I'm from the Peach State, I would say yes. I would also say I'm not in too entirely concerned about that. I know uh, Senator David Perdue is under fire uh, this weekend for, and I believe his opponent is uh, supposed to have raised a million dollars off of this uh, gaffe, faux pas, whatever you want to call it. Some people have taken such offense to Senator Perdue's mispronouncement. Some believe that it's an intentional dispronouncement of Kamala Harris's name at a recent rally um, that they have decided to vote for the Libertarian, which, in case you were not aware, is a vote for John Ossoff. So, David Perdue, I've never known him to be anything short of a Southern gentleman. I personally did not see it as a slight against uh, uh, Kamala, 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 Mala, whatever, right. See, no one really gets her name right. Even pundits who make, you know, 150 grand a year plus um, to know how to pronounce her name. Do not get it right. And remember, there was a time when, remember Saddam? Remember Saddam Hussein? (laughs) Remember he wasn't Saddam? He was Saddam, according to George Bush, the daddy, right? The head demon, sorry for you Bush lovers out there. But um, yeah, remember that? I mean, someone's name is, is pretty important. But because we live in a society that is so driven by gotchas and offense that no matter how you slice it, you're you're going to catch grief. And, and it's going to be the worst possible case scenario. And especially if you're on the right and you make one of these, you know, even if it's a joke, because she's a female... One day she's black, the next day she's Latina, the next day she's both, some day she's all three, we don't know. She's kind of all over the board. I've heard she's Hawaiian. I mean, I've heard it all. And so, but, but primarily because she's a female, she's off limits. 
in politics. That that is still the left's assertion that if you're a female, you're off limits. Unless you are a conservative female, take Amy Coney Barrett as exhibit A, right? But with regard to Senator Purdue, apparently his faux pas, his error in in his mispronunciation of Kamala Harris, I've always called her Kamala Harris. Some people say Kamala. I I I I don't know. I, I don't even know if I've ever heard her say her name. Um. Well, actually, I have, and it was never Kamala. So I don't know why people do that. But no one gives anyone on NBC or ABC a hard time for mispronouncing her name. But apparently this was enough of a big deal for John Ossoff to actually campaign on over a million dollars. So he raised over a million dollars because of that faux pas. And I've seen legit people who swear they're Republicans uh, turn their noses up, throw us to the wolves, and they're white people, so I'm kind of like, all right, this is part of the white guilt initiative, which I definitely don't buy into, as you know. Um, but these are people that I just shake my head and go, all right, if y'all had any sense at all, you would go to the libertarian in this race and say, hey, do us all a favor, spare us a runoff. We're already going to have enough dead votes. We're already going to have enough illegal voters and double voting and all kinds of craziness going on. We already know that's going to happen. So could you do us a favor, Shane Hazel, and just step aside? No, he will not do that. He's a veteran. I'm sure he's a fine American. But this is one of these things that drives me nuts about people on all sides of the aisle, to be honest with you. And having run a few political campaigns myself and realizing that I had to go have the big sit down with some folks to say, hey, I know this is on your bucket list, but this is not the race for you to exercise your bucket list, right? Let's pick another race, preferably not 2020. But I don't know that anyone's had that conversation with Mr. Hazel. I know he's been a candidate in the past, but this is this is like the libertarians, you know, this is their, this is the altruism they don't subscribe to or believe in. This is their political altruism to themselves. Because let's face it, if you are a hardcore, legitimate libertarian, and I'm talking legit libertarian, you are essentially on your own team. You are on your own team. That's how that party works. It's not really a party. It's, a, it's an idea. It's an ideology. But it's not really a party because a party is a little less like a party when it's more about you, yourself and you. And I've never met a libertarian running for office yet that has a mm, a party mentality. And for some of you, you're like, that's awesome. We're sick of parties. We're tired of it. It's so full of division. And that's because that's how it's, you know, that's what the world is, has, has, um, whittled us down to they have emotionally challenged us and and mentally challenged us for so long now about our partisanship that we're just like screw it i'll take anything but a party because i'm tired of being divided i'm tired of feeling stupid i'm tired of feeling alienated i'm tired of feeling guilty because i'm white i'm tired of blacks feeling but notice i used feeling about four or five times there Right, because that's what politics is predicated upon are your feelings, are our feelings. It's how you're going to vote. That's why people are willing to vote for an independent 
in a battleground state when the stakes are this high because it's that sanctimony that rises to the top like a like that nasty foam whenever you're boiling chicken. That's how I see it. It 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 appears to be sanctimonious, like pious, right? Well, I can't believe David Perdue would do that. He just makes I'm so embarrassed. He makes us all look so bad. I'm gonna vote for the independent, which is really a vote for John Ossoff, because I'm so much higher above that. I mean, it's literally maddening. Okay, I digress. So do I believe Georgia is a battleground state? Yes, I do. Here's a couple of reasons why. You ready? Let's go over some figures. We have two Senate seats open, okay? Uh, Senator Kelly Leffler, who was, I mean, talk about a complete shit show. Excuse my language. Uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting hosted a debate today between Senator Leffler, all the candidates, right? And they broke it up into, and divided it up into two groups. And then, of course, you got your quasi-independents and Democrats, blah, blah, blah. We, may, we have three main contestants. <laughs> contestants. I love it. And actually, that is such an appropriate word because uh, this kind of turned into a little bit of a beauty pageant brawl early, uh, earlier today. It was a little disheartening. Uh, I'll be honest with you because we are... In a, we're in a battle for our state, and we're watching Senator Leffler and Congressman Doug Collins just go at it, like go for blows. And Doug, you know, produces this this question or accusation against Senator Leffler, and actually he was set up for it quite nicely by uh, Pastor of all. I mean, and I say that lightly. I call him Pastor Warlock because he's not Pastor Warnock as far as I'm concerned. He's a warlock because anyone who would teach their flock that the Bible stands in agreement with choice with regard to life is literally demonic. So that's someone who is being, who has been beguiled, who should own the name Warlock. Okay, but we've got Pastor Warnock. It was the one Democrat that will give these two, Collins and Leffler, uh, a run for their money. We People have been dismayed, disheveled, disgruntled, really disenfranchised, confused about why Doug Collins is even in the race after, you know, Kelly was, um, she was, she was chosen by Governor, I almost called him Nathan Deal, God help me, uh, Brian Kemp. She was appointed to that position, much to the chagrin of the president at the time, and Representative Matt Gates stumped loudly for Congressman Collins. Uh, if you remember uh, Congressman Collins, and a lot of the reason why some people support him and they will to the death is because they saw him go to battle for the president during the impeachment uh, hearings. And he did. And he was a loud voice for the president along with Matt Gates. And um, people are loyal to that, and it's recent. And now that we know for sure it was all a boondoggle in Kabuki Theater, um, which is something that Congressman Collins said the entire time, um, now people are legitimately like, okay, you have put your money, your passion, and your time, and your treasure, and all of that uh, where your fight is. 
with regard to our president. And, and I don't care what anybody says. Uh, one of the reasons why we're, we're definitely a battleground state, um, at least on the down ticket. I mean, I'm not so sure we are with regard to the president. I mean, his rallies, his turnout, the GOP here has done, the Georgia GOP has done a phenomenal job of rocking this vote, uh, getting information out to low-information voters, um, rallying the troops. I mean, it is, we are re- a sea of red every weekend. We are killing it, door-knocking um, technology. We've had a much better use of technology than we have in years past. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure that the president's going to be in as much trouble as some people like to profess that he is, but the shit show I saw today on GPB, uh, uh, pastor Warlock put them, uh, at odds with each other. That would be Senator Leffler and Collins. Not that it took much because they are at each other's throats, but, but, but where Senator Leffler went with, went with the argument, um, about attacks, that she's had from her opponent. And she was sincere. She was sincere. Now, as a political consultant, I'm watching this going, holy crap, I cannot believe these two have gone to blows this low about hair and makeup and attack ads and just how petty, you know, the the the, the feud has been uh, between these two. And... um because she was appointed, we now have like this jungle primary. So more than likely there's going to be a runoff and it could cost us a Senate seat. I mean, no kidding. Shane Hazel (laughs) and Shane's in the other race. But whenever I look at the people positioned, you know, right now I'm like, wow, this is when you really get to see like people's ambition. And you know what? We live in the United States of America, and God knows you're allowed to have it. And some people are just happy that people are willing to step up and run. But if you're not going to be strategic about your race, then what's the point? I mean, it's either about America as a whole, or it's not. So you can't decry that you're not a party person if you're running as an independent during a time when you know you don't stand even half of a snowball's chance in hell of securing any amount of the vote. When you're literally just setting the party of liberty up for a potential takeover. That, to me, is shameful. But that's just me. Maybe it's because I'm concerned. Back to Senator Leffler. As a female, uh, as, a, as a political consultant, I thought to myself, oh, that's so bad. That's just so bad for all of us. It's so bad. Because she was so sincere in her rebuttal to Congressman Collins about her record, you know, he was calling her to the carpet on some, you know, on some things. <laughs> and she went to just how vile and loathsome his attack ads have been uh, against her. And, you know, you've attacked my hair and you've attacked my, my, you know, my makeup. And, and I thought, oh my gosh. And I'm watching the rest of the panel on the, on the Zoom debate uh, via GPB. It was moderated by my uh, former producer, Scott Slade, of Atlanta's Morning News. It was priceless. And uh, Greg Bluestein, one of our famed journalists here for the AJC, uh, um, love Greg. He did a great job. Lisa Ram, whatever. She was strategically positioned to ask really dumb, liberal, 
you know, emotive questions that have no bearing whatsoever, essentially make the Democrats look like, you know, unicorns with, you know, rainbows flying out their butts and, and Republicans pitted against each other. And, and you know what? Collins and Leffler absolutely provided the fodder. All everyone else had to do is show up with the popcorn. And so it turned into, you know, as a female, I'm watching Kelly going, I hear you. I feel you. I feel for you. You know, her opponents, the grassroots folks for Collins have gone after her as Buckhead Barbie. Uh, you know, I mean, we just, we went low really early on because um, really there was no other fruit other than, you know, she's a fake Republican is what people are leading with. Um, she and her husband both, and you already know where I stand, where her husband is concerned. I have attempted to judge Senator Leffler's uh, work by her work. I've attempted to do that. She was asked today, would you denounce the president in anything that the president has said or done? And she said, no, I would not. And then she was lambasted for that by one of her opponents who's a Democrat. Well, I'm not really sure what he is because the Democrats have learned how to morph into this I category now. So... It was ugly. Um, I think it's probably uh, has not positioned us favorably in the mind's eye, in in the um, in the headspace of people who are teetering. They see it as a pissing contest now between Republicans, which it has been from the beginning, um, sadly. And but there's no way in good conscience it is impossible for you to look at uh, this tantrum going on between two opponents of the same party um, and look at Warnock and think that he's the better choice. So you're going to have to choose between Leffler and Collins and just roll with it. That's it. Those are your only two choices. And, and you have enough information at your fingertips to be able to figure that out. So you can Google her track record. You can Google Doug's. And make your own decision. See what they voted for. See what they didn't. See who they're aligned with. See who they're not. Pray about it. Ask the Holy Spirit. Because here's where we are, in my humble opinion. And you guys know I'm a woman of faith. We are in a providential period of time. I wholeheartedly believe that. Because there's no rhyme or reason that Donald Trump should be our current president and and should win a second election um, by, by any stroke of the imagination outside of divine providence. I wholeheartedly subscribe to that. I know some of you don't, and that's cool, that's fine. But I really do believe that. I believe that many times, because I live it in my personal life, many times we pray and we ask, and then when it happens, we don't even see it. We doubt, we scoff, we mock, we're filled with unbelief. And we miss our blessing. We try to explain it away. We are waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like we we rely, again, on our own understanding. When we're warned over and over and over again not to do that. We refuse to believe that God really is as faithful as he says he is when we are equally faithful to what he's called us to do. It's human nature. All of us are plagued by this. But I really do believe the country was given Donald Trump for a period of time. I said it 
from from 2016 on, before then actually, that we have been given a stay of execution in this country as a whole. But we have been so inundated with battle that we haven't been able to count our blessings. And it's been one false accusation after another, which is intentional because that's what the enemy's kingdom does. He does it to you and your loved ones, you and your spouses, your boyfriends, girlfriends, your partners, your children, yourself. It's what he does. It's his nature. It's his role. It is his role in this universe is to accuse, to wrongly and falsely accuse, or to take something that is actually true, add a couple of things to it. Because remember, God told Eve, don't eat of this fruit. Then she added to it, he told us not to even look at it. <laughs> don't even touch it. That's not what he said. He just said, don't eat it, right? So the enemy gets into any little crack and crevice that he can with any manipulation of the truth of a matter. And so that's what we've seen happen in this presidency. So is Georgia a battleground? Well, l- let me let me go over some numbers and, and you ask, you know, you answer that question. Um, this is from our local, what I refer to as RAG publication, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, because it's they're extremely biased, in my humble opinion. But uh, this is what we got, all right? Television radio ads have flooded Georgia this election season with more than $150 million spent or reserved so far on airtime for the state's two U.S. Senate races. So for two U.S. Senate races, $150 million has been, spent, has been reserved or spent already. All right. Both President Donald Trump and Joe Biden are also prepping or are peppering the airwaves with ads, as are down ticket candidates. Um, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. U.S. Senate uh, Senator David Perdue's campaign plans to spend $5 million on digital videos aimed solely at undecided voters. So Ossoff was, was, was screeching that somehow because of this. You know, something they, this, this molehill that the left has made now into a mountain out of this mispronunciation of Kamala, Kamala, Camelot, whatever, because of this name issue that Senator Purdue dropped this weekend. Now all of a sudden people in the middle are like, oh, there it is. There's his racism. He's mocking her because she's a woman of color. And it's like, wow. If you guys are really that feeble-minded, you should actually vote with the left because you don't represent anything of the right. So, uh, Purdue and Democrat John Ossoff, along with their allies, have unleashed at least $110 million in airtime so far. Uh, That includes $22 million from the Senate Leadership Fund, a Republican-backed outfit that spent more money attacking Ossoff than just about any other candidate in the nation. And while the $40 million spent on the wild special election for U.S. Senator Kelly Loeffler's seat seems tame by comparison, that total will skyrocket by the end of the race, particularly when the contest moves toward an expected January runoff between the two top finalists. Yep. And that's exactly what we're going to be looking at. But see, here's the good news. The left rarely ever shows up for a runoff. They're good for like the first fur bus, bus pickup. They're good for the first $20, you know, litter papering your neighborhoods. 
They're good for the first round of pizza and Cokes and hot dogs and chicken wings and all that. They're good for that. They're good for one. You, you got you to gotta get them on the first go round because if you got a runoff, that never bodes well for the left. Uh, neither does the rain, by the way, but we'll leave that alone. Uh, until now, the most expensive race in Georgia history was the brutal back and forth in 2018 between Brian Governor Kemp, I mean, Gover- Governor Brian, now Governor Brian Kemp, and Democrat Stacey Abrams, which surpassed $100 million. So I ask you, is Georgia a battleground state? So here, in closing, here, here's what we've done in the great state of Georgia. We have invited ideas, culture into the state of Georgia that are not uh, congruent with the traditional culture of the state of Georgia. What do I mean by traditional? Uh, Conservative, uh, hospitable, uh, other-centric, caring for your neighbors, but through uh, jobs and economic stimulation, and um, growth, right? So in getting people off of the the welfare boob. So what we've done instead is we've invited the left coast, and now New York, no offense, if you're coming here, leave your crappy politics in New York, please do us all a favor. We have more people here from the left coast than we can shake a stick at because we have given We have lifted our skirt, as I've liked to call it, over the past years with regard to legislation giving people tax credits to come here and create films. Now, hee-hee-ha-ha, last joke is on all of us because the film industry has collapsed, and I submit to you will continue to do so uh, in its traditional capacity. We're watching uh, theaters in droves close across, chains closing across the country. Most people are going to Netflix. Kind of scary whenever you think about who runs Netflix. Like what kind of content will be able to actually make it into the Netflix marketplace. I mean, we are rapidly approaching the end of America as we know her. And I don't say that as someone who's freaked out or, or, or you know, the sky is falling. I'm not a chicken little kind of girl. I'm actually a realist. And in, in many, and I'm also very spiritual. <laughs> so whenever I look at America, I'm telling you now, you need to enjoy her while you can. We see that through big, big tech censoring. We see that in the candidates that people are putting up. We see that in the absolute obstruction of justice. There's zero justice for, for people we see. We, I mean, the New York Post, for the love of God, when their account is shut down the New York Post. I mean, I rag on our local rag, right? But the New York Post is literally toilet paper. The worst. They are the they're worse than a tabloid when it comes to accuracy and journalism. And they have been censored because of the Biden emails. <laughs> because of Hunter Biden's emails. And Jack and Zuckerberg and uh, and and everyone else in big tech, Silicon Valley, have all decided we're on the Biden boat, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to obstruct your ability to get to information 
that would inform you and help you make an educated decision. That's a problem. And that's not going to get better in the future, right? Because it's already here now. So I do not see that as a as a as a net positive proposition coming in the future. And I think that we need to do what we can with a second term of this presidency, of uh, President Trump, to position ourselves uh, favorably for our own families. And for, not to say that America won't be able to be righted in the future, um, but you got to understand where we're going with all of this technology. And again, I'm not a spooky kind of person. I'm, I'm very much so a realist. Um, whenever I see the turning of the tide with regard to information, this has been a frog boil and then rapidly came to a boil during the past two years of this administration with regard to information and censorship. I mean, when I tell you I have literally been shut down, I, I can't even tell you how many times. A lot of my fans just gave up on me on Facebook because I was uh, just cut out of, of the whole landscape for, I want to say, three months, six months. I mean, it was a, it was a while. As a matter of fact, I was permanently banned and had to open uh, another account under an alias. But my professional page, oddly enough, was allowed to stay. So, But my personal page was completely banned. I was just taken off, like erased, just obliterated, eviscerated my account, gone like a vapor. So, it yes, Georgia is a battleground state. Every state in this country is a battleground state. Why don't you think of it that way? If we thought of it that way, we probably wouldn't find ourselves in the position we're in now. If we understood that every state, every day, of every week, of every year, is a battleground state. Every square inch of dirt in this great nation called America is a battleground. If we lived with that understanding, just like living with the understanding and the knowledge that our families are constantly under attack, our love, our liberty, our freedom, our justice, they are always going to be under attack, whether from within or without. If we lived with that level of sobriety, we would not find ourselves in the position we are in right now. If you can keep it. That's a book I talk a lot about from my dear fellow Greek commentator, uh, Eric Metaxas. Oh, great book. If you can keep it. What does that mean? If you can keep our great republic. Ah, our constitutional republic. A lot of things at stake, folks. So yes, Georgia, very much so. Just like the rest of the country, is a battleground state. This is a battleground nation. Welcome to the fight. I encourage you to stand, go vote, do whatever you need to do. Tell the truth. Keep speaking it. Stand, no matter what the cost. Stand. All right, until tomorrow. You catch me back here? Go order, order, order my merch. MonicaMatthews.com, Etsy.com, all that good stuff. Be good to your neighbor beginning your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.